Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Rams All Access with DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long, four to the finish line. That's right, the Rams' playoff push is on two home games at SoFi Stadium in a five-day span. The Washington Commanders first, the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night football. A couple of games they absolutely have to bank. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, sir. What is happening? What's going on? Well, you put uh, Baltimore behind you yet? No? You know, strangely enough, I feel like I have more to say about, about that game yeah? today than I did Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night. Does that make sense? Like After I have, watching film or just thinking about it more or yes, what? Yes and both. Yes and yes. Okay. I mean, look, we're not the players. We're not the coaches. Yeah. We don't have to put that one in our rearview mirror. We can linger on it. Yeah. Um, they're busy preparing for the Washington Commanders and then the Saints beyond, like we said. But I think there's a lot of good things and some not so good things to take away from that game that have staying power that matter well beyond that Sunday night in the rain. What did you come up with? Um, I had a lot of fun. I had to watch it two or three times because I like watching Lamar Jackson work. So I have to watch it from the Rams perspective. Pretend I'm Aaron Donald chasing him down what the defense did or did not do. And then just watching him. Uh, he is an MVP candidate. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. You really made him work for it. You really made him have to be special to make plays. So. There's something to be said about that on defense, but there are some plays you could have made. You could have been ready to tackle a little bit sooner than you were, so uh, that was a winnable game against a great football team, and you came up a little bit short. So, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, but, I mean, part of it is you went nose-to-nose with a great football team. You really did. You didn't get blown out. You actually had a chance to win, so there's some positives there, but you know, still, at the end of the day, you came up with a loss. That's what sucks. So I feel like you've got enough uh, ammunition to do this with me. Why don't we spend this first segment talking about Baltimore takeaways, yeah. and then we'll put it behind us like the team has done and get on to the commanders in segment number two. We've also got four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponents territory. The commanders are coming off a bye. Surprise, surprise. The fourth <laughs> team this season that the Rams will face coming off an open date. And then we'll finish with the playoff picture, the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest. How is that possible? Four teams coming off a bye. I guess somebody gets it every single year. It was the Rams' turn to catch that. That's right. In, yeah. in the span that this has been tracked and studied, it's the widest like rest disparity that the Rams have ever had to overcome. Just the Rams. Yeah. But okay. the fact remains, they got to overcome it. They do. It is what it is. And like you're playing some of your best football offensively and defensively in spurts. So you're hitting your stride and you know coming off a bye. You know what Washington is and what they can and can't do. So it's a good time to catch them. But it does suck that you catch four teams coming off a rest week. They're going to be fresher than you are on game day. That stinks. And you're 0-3 against them so far, yes. going back to Pittsburgh, Dallas, Cleveland, no, sorry, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Baltimore. Yeah. And now we'll see if they can get a win finally against a team coming off the open weekend. All right, so I think you started in a good place, not completing pass rush opportunities, uh, not tackling well enough all the way down to the final rep, which lost the game for you on punt return. I think special teams is definitely a takeaway. Um, but let me start big picture mm-hmm. with, with Baltimore aftermath. And it's a positive note uh, because that one certainly stings. It burns, you could tell that it was lingering here in this facility on Monday. But I will say this, I think it serves a purpose. If the Rams can get to where they're trying to go, you think they're going to be intimidated or thrown off by needing to take a trip to Dallas or Philadelphia or Detroit on wildcard weekend based off what they just did in Baltimore in those conditions against that team? It's experience, definitely. I mean, even the young guys who have never been in a situation like that, they come out better. This is the one thing I did take away. At the beginning of that game, I'm watching guys like 
Byron Young, and he's out there. And when you see him from snap number one, week number one, he's got the wide eyes. He's a rookie. He doesn't know what he know, what he doesn't know. I watched the guy turn into a pro right in front of my eyes, and he's playing Lamar. Like he, I know what to do. I know how I have to defend this guy. I know this this entire defense. So watching those guys grow up in Baltimore was special. That environment was raucous. It really was. So. Wherever you go from this point, it's not going to be like that, or it's going to be something similar to that. You can say, I've been in this type of environment before. So when you do take that ramp up, if you do make the postseason, if you do make the push and you get there, the intensity won't shock you because you've been through it and you just went through it in Baltimore and you almost won it. So I agree with you 100%. And you broke down in those critical moments. Yeah. Like you learned in that cauldron that your communication was not good enough. Yeah. And you know and I know that this organization prides itself on clear, open, and honest communication and on offense between the quarterback and the coach and the quarterback and his silent count and his offensive line it broke down in a critical moment. And throughout the game, in the secondary especially, it broke down in some really high leverage moments. I don't love that. It cost them a game, but I'd rather they do it here in December than in January. Oh, yeah. There's some things you have to fix, no doubt. Um, On both sides, there were some uncharacteristic things going on on defense where guys are left wide open and you got hit with a few big plays. We haven't seen that out of the defense in a long time or if ever this season. So uh, that type of stuff all has to do with communication. And you've heard me say this before. A loud defense is the best defense. When you're talking from corner to corner and it's going through all 10 guys getting to the other side, all all 11, and you know what everybody's supposed to do and you know uh, everyone's going to run to the football. But, you know, look, Baltimore will present issues. Lamar Jackson changes things. It really does. And if you're too complicated on defense, if the play call is too long or if there's too many responsibilities and they motion and shift, you're going to catch guys going, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Especially when he starts scrambling. You watch those TikTok videos sometimes, right? I am not on TikTok. I'll do everything else social media well, but I I go down plenty of rabbit holes. You ever see those ones where it says, this is where you know he messed up, and they pause it? (laughs) Yes. Whenever Lamar Jackson pulls the ball down and starts to run, that's when I get, oh, God, here we go. Which way is this coming out now? So, same thing. So, but for the most part, I thought they did a great job defensively, just did not make enough plays to win it. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Glad you're with us tonight on Rams All Access. We will get to a Washington Commanders preview eventually, but I think there's still a lot of good to be mined through from that trip uh, to overtime against the Ravens. And, and these two next points for me, DeMarco, go hand in hand. I want to start with the Rams' first offensive drive. Mm-hmm. Remember when they handed it off? for nine straight running plays, successful running plays, forward-moving running plays. They broke the 10-yard line of the Baltimore Ravens. Remember what they did next? Throw, 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 incomplete, INC, incomplete, INC, incomplete. Yeah. couple no-hopers in there. And I'm yeah. still lamenting that because I think they punched the Ravens in the mouth, but they missed an opportunity to kick their teeth out. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think Sean McVay probably would do that differently, but watching it back and studying it, I had to come to terms with the fact that that three and out or that that drive stalling out also served a purpose because they got a whole bunch of information in terms of how Baltimore was going to play pass in tight red zone situations Mm -hmm. and what happened with Matthew Stafford in the red zone the rest of the game. Uh, He was money. Eviscerating Yeah, he was money. No doubt. So I don't think those touchdowns to Cooper Cup and to Marcus Robinson and to Davis Allen necessarily happen unless you get some of that data, some Mm -hmm. of those 
like you're studying, you're solving the puzzle in real time in a football game, are you not? Of course. So yeah. against one of the best, if not the best defenses in football, how are they playing coverage from the 10 and in? Like that served the Rams well the rest of the day. It also proved to me and to them and to everyone who's watching, the next time they're in that situation, they might do it differently. They can do it differently. Oh, yeah. Th- that's what the guys in the box are, the other coaches. Uh, they're not watching the game. They're watching specific players, and they're telling you how this guy's reacting to certain personnel groups, formations, routes, what have you. This is what he did versus the run. Oh, my God, he is really up on his on, up on his toes because he's afraid you're going to run at him, so we can throw the ball on him. So it's all information gathering, but I did think – Sean McVay went a little Bud Kilmer from Varsity Blues. I hear you. You slammed it all the way down there, and then you wanted Matthew Stafford to get the touchdown pass. Right. I think he won the information war, but he missed a chance to win the spiritual battle. No doubt. And break them in their home yard early. It would have been something, because I think we've been to Baltimore how many times now? One, two, twice, maybe? Yeah, preseason for what felt like a month. Yeah. Uh, The the OBJ game winner a couple years ago. It felt like we were there forever one time. But uh, look, I've never... MTB MTB Bank Stadium MNT Bank MNT Bank. Yep. I've never heard it so quiet before. Really, I mean, it was dead silent. You took the crowd out. You did exactly what you needed to do to take the air out of that place and take the starch out of that defense. You just could not connect on those three passes. I, I thought that could have been. I wouldn't been a knockout shot, but at least a knockdown. So them coming away, giving up just three points, gave them a lift. You know what I mean? So, but you fought them off, no doubt. I know we're going to go a little bit long on this segment, but this is how much last week means to me. Yeah. And it pertains to Matthew Stafford next. I think there's a case to be made. At least I am enjoying and appreciating this version of him as much or more than the 2021 version of him that hung a banner inside SoFi Stadium. Why is that? I think the way he's playing, um, the decisions that he's making at the line of scrimmage pre and post snap, the depth of call sheet and institutional knowledge that he and Sean McVay have built together over three years is really bearing fruit. But also I'm talking about the circumstances around him. The Rams had no running game to speak of at the end of that 21 season. Mm-hmm. I mean, none. They were a one-dimensional offense, and they they got enough out of it. They extracted every last bit of juice from Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Now? Now? They can do it, run or pass. They could have won that game in Baltimore in the soggy rain with with Matthew Stafford not doing what he did. Yeah. Not without him being a trick shot artist. The offensive line would love to have Andrew Whitworth, but I'd be hard-pressed to take the 21 offensive line over this one right now, the way they're playing. Hard did not say, I want, you know, you don't want wit. I mean, of course you want wit, but I 100%, I think they are doing a great job up up front running and pass blocking, pass protecting, uh, giving Matthew Stafford a chance to to throw the football. But that that 2021 Matthew Stafford was unreal. This one, I agree with you, has been special because of what he's had to go through. I mean, the guy has almost been split in half four or five times. I mean, and has had to pull himself back together to get back on the field. I mean, so there's a lot of guys walking around with bumps and bruises. I would say this. If Matthew Stafford was the wrong type of quarterback, the guy that was always on the injured injured list or is in the training room, I bet you'd have five or six guys following him versus the opposite. How can you say it hurts when that guy is taking the mm-hmm. field? How can you say I can't go when he keeps going? So that's the reason I think Puka Nakua keeps coming back. That's the reason I think Kyron Williams set a record coming back from injury. That's the reason I think some of these old linemen refuse to come out. 
even when they're banged up, it's because of Matthew Stafford. 100% agree with you. I, I like the point you make. He is still ready and willing and able to hang in there until the bitter end, to read everything through to exhaustion and to wear it to get a completion like he got to Puka Nakua laying out at the right sideline. But also, I think some of his best plays the last three, four weeks have been incompletions. Yeah. Have been him Dumping willing. It. Yeah. Yep. Smart like, guy. Rather yeah. than put this ball in jeopardy. Like, I, I'm still going for broke when I can. I'm still reading everything deep to short. But when it's not there, I trust my offense. I trust my coach, my play caller. I trust my my operation enough to go get it on second down or third down or fourth down if necessary. Let's keep this going. The the only one I, I like the no ball when you're screaming no Matthew was the almost pick when I'm Robinson with you. pulled it out. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> no, with you. No, but oh my god! But look, when he's in that much of his own, I am still in that end zone. I was standing right behind Cooper Cup when he caught that touchdown pass, and I'm looking at this. I'm like, is he throwing it out of the stadium? When it drops out of orbit, pow! And I'm like, my god, that was unreal. The DB had no chance, no idea where the ball was. When you get Cooper Cup or receiver and quarterback in sync that much there's almost nothing you can do to stop them so if you can keep that going versus whomever you play you should win no doubt i know we got a break and get to the commanders but i'll just tack on one more thing and it has to do with those red zone plays you're talking about i think the rams stumbled upon something with two two out well unfortunately getting shaken up and demarcus robinson stepping into his own Mm -hmm. at age 29 and I think their next great pass-catching tight end is Davis Allen. And I hope Tyler Higby's back this week. Okay, wait. Before we go, this is no knock. And you, we love Big Rig, right? Yes. We can say this. Yep. Does Tyler Higby make that catch in the middle of the field? I, I don't think so. Okay. Not, not, and I love the guy. Not in the current state. Not in his current state. Not a circus catch like that. Right. And so I don't think it's any mistake that the way the Rams finished that game on offense, the, the points they put up against that defense, I think they're 11 personnel grouping with Demarcus Robinson in the red zone and with Davis Allen you got running problems. down the seam and no running doubt. flats. I think that looks different. I think that hits different, and they found something special here in December that can carry them a long way. Uh-oh. Look out now. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about some uh-ohs. Uh, the Washington Commanders have been an uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And what could go uh-oh for the Rams in these final four games to keep them from trying to where they get to where they want to go? DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, a lot more so to come on this edition of Rams All-Access 710 ESPN. Well, fresh off uh, dicing up to the best defenses in the league, now Matthew Stafford and the Rams get to attack what is on paper the most porous defense in professional football, the Washington Commanders, this Sunday at SoFi Stadium. DeMarco, it's never that easy, though, in the National Football League is that it what never it never just plays as straightforward as it looks on paper. It's like, oh, you've put up 30 against Cleveland and Baltimore in consecutive weeks. You've scored 104 points since Thanksgiving. Oh, the Rams are going to put up 40, 50 burger on the Commanders, right? So, right? Well, we'll see. Right? <laughs> we'll see. I hope so. I mean, sometimes they play out exactly as they're supposed to. The better team wins or the team that's struggling keeps struggling. And that was one of uh, Vermeil's things, uh, how to make the playoffs. This is when we were learning to win. He would say, you have to keep losing teams losing. So Washington definitely qualifies as a losing football team. So but- the Saints? So do the Giants. Right, and but then, if you don't bring your A game versus anybody, you'll be in a dogfight. And look, this is the NFL. They get paid too. They can beat you. If you show any disrespect to your opponent by not showing respect, by not playing as hard as you can, they're going to think they can beat you. And next thing you know, it's middle of the fourth quarter and you're down three points, hoping to get something done. Do you remember why Trevor Lawrence is a Jacksonville Jaguar? No, what happened? Sam Darnold and the Jets oh my God. came to SoFi Stadium with every reason to lose that game. What was that, 2019? And he just wouldn't go down that day. I do remember that. Yeah, Sam Darnold just took over the 
the world that day. Oh, is that how he? That's how Lawrence wound up in Jacksonville. That cost the the New York Jets the top pick. Well, sorry about that. And ever since that day, <laughs> yeah, I will never take any opponent. Look, no it, matter how few wins, it happens. Granted. I remember that day, and Jameis Winston came to town and had his best game. Remember that was supposed to be a throwaway game, but look, uh, coming off a loss in Baltimore where it hurts. Good. You don't have to motivate this week for practice. The motivation is already there. I like what Matthew Stafford said this week about guarding against the human element. Let's hear from QB1 here on Rams All Access. I mean, this is the NFL, in my opinion. I mean, like, everybody can, anybody can eat, beat anybody, um, you know, at uh, any point in time. Um, you can only control, you don't really control who you play. You just control how you play, you know, and, and that's the big thing for us is let's go out there and play our best game of football that we've put on tape this year. Um, that's our goal every single week. This week will be no different for us. Um, you know, each defense, each team creates, um, you know, unique challenges um, each week. And that's something that as a coaching staff and as players, we try to go out there and solve and, and then go out there and execute on Sunday. Matthew Stafford there back with Marco Farr, JB Long. And I think there's only a, a handful of things that scare me right now in this month of December with respect to where the Rams are and how they're playing. Human nature is one of them and how youthful this roster still is. Whether they're hitting walls individually, whether they're tempted to exhale after the way they played in Baltimore, whether two games in five days is going to be just too much to handle. You know, they might be pushing past the wall, the youngsters. I'm with you. Because of guys like Puka Nakua and how he's playing and what he's trying to do, the records he's setting. So uh, that's going to motivate your draft class. When you have a draft class, a group of guys that come in, uh, you're going to root for whoever is at the top because that makes your whole draft class better. So as long as he's kind of pacing those those youngsters, they're going to come along with it. But if there is a rookie wall, and I do believe there is one, they already hit it. And, and they're fighting through it. So this has been one heck of a coaching job by this entire staff. It's full of young guys. And you're keeping them going in the right direction for the most part. So, yeah. But human nature is you look at Washington and you think you have the week off. That's the wrong way to think. They're still hungry for a victory. Ron Rivera wants to beat you. He wants to win something somewhere. And this would be a great thing to do when out in, in Los Angeles. So you have to treat them with the utmost respect. Treat them like you treated Baltimore and you'll just you'll, you'll wipe the floor with them. So human nature is one. Yeah. The kicking game is another. Oh, and we God. can talk about that individually. The third is how the public is now falling in love with the Rams as a dark horse after another moral victory in Baltimore. Have you noticed this? I did. and it's, The Rams it's are cool. suddenly a really yeah. chic pick to be like, oh, they're going to get on a, on a hot streak here. They're going to get in the NFC playoff picture. They might not just get in, but they could make some noise. I don't like hearing that. I you like it the way oh. it's been. I like the way it's been since uh, Dallas, let's say, where it's like counting you out seeing 24 rams but they've earned it though i mean sean mcveigh says they they've earned it this this team has worked hard so as look i'm not a jealous lover and if you want to come in and and show the rams love then so be it great <laughs> really that's that's awesome come on in. you're not i've always heard that about you to come buy tickets come buy, come buy tickets come buy jerseys come buy everything a but jealous lover is your middle name no, stop it <laughs> but but seriously i mean it, it is good to be in the hunt and it does like when you're watching tv when you're on the bye week or what have you and you see still in the hunt, and the Rams, the logo is there. Come on, that gives you a lift. Absolutely. Because the teams that are out, it's, it stinks right now. It really does. And the reason the Rams are in the hunt is because how their quarterback is playing. But I think the reason why the commanders can be dangerous is because who their quarterback is. There's a lot of opportunity for the Rams' defense that's been lacking in sacks and takeaways against Sam Howell and the commanders. But here's a former fifth-round pick who had less than 20 attempts as a rookie last year. He's now one of the most prolific, if not efficient, passers in the league and these final four games for him 
they're an audition for the future for this team or another one. See, that's funny. You mentioned the word audition. That's what I, 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 I glean when I watch the, the Washington highlights is like, this is an audition, not for him. It seems like the enemy, like you are really trying to, you know, pump up some numbers to say, I am that guy. And he's about to set a record. The, the, the commanders are for sacks allowed 58 taken so far vying for the NFL single season record 76 by Houston's David Carr, not Derek Carr. Brother of the brother. David in 2002. Oh my gosh. See, this volume passing. And you, you're you a football, college football fanatic like I am. I used to love those whack games when you watch Hawaii. Colt Brennan going back to Timmy Chang. Yep. Those little, you know, run and shoot quarterbacks Jude with pop Jones, gun arms. Give yes, me some. with these pop gun arms. That's what I see. You are throwing the ball all over the yard, but you still aren't putting the ball in the box enough to win the football game. You know what I mean? So the stats look great, his numbers look great. But you've got four wins and you're struggling to score. They you look know what I mean? great and yeah. hideous at the same time. He's yes. thrown a league high 14 picks, four of which have been returned for touchdowns, including one in each of Washington's last three games going into their bye. So for Rams defense that scored safeties in back to back weeks, like that a lot, it's now week 15. They haven't scored on defense. We're still looking for the Rams' first non offensive touchdown of the season. Sunday sounds good. I, you Sunday know, and Thursday sound good. Uh, I'm trying to think who's more deserving. Um, I would love to see. Fuller step in front of one and take it to the house because he's been that leader. Uh, I would love to see what happens if Darion Kendrick gets into the end zone. Oh my God! And they're letting these end zone end zone celebrations go a little bit. You know his is going to be his is already planned out. You're going to get guys coming off the sideline if he scores. You make a good point because Demarco. I don't think the Rams' offense celebrates very well. They celebrate professionally. Yeah, you know they share the football so that offensive linemen can. Sp- bike it but like i see odell beckham score that touchdown last week and i'm reminded what a good touchdown celebration looks like oh my god they're having fun yeah i I, I think the defense will have something maybe just all the best celebrators are on defense for the rams and they've been stymied so far i i would think so who had the pick six was there a pick six call back Am I wrong about one, or is a big pick six and it got called back? But I, everybody went on the field. So, look, if, if one of these stars or one of these youngsters, a guy like even John Johnson the third, if he comes up with a big one and gets mm-hmm. into the end zone, you know it's going to be something exciting. And coming up, you've got a team that might throw it to you at some point. Oh, the Commanders and, run it less by yeah. percentage than any team in the National Football League. True. They are one-dimensional, even though they've got a nice running back. Last three weeks, though, they've been running it more. They've been trying to run the football more. With Robinson with or with Rob- their quarterback? Because that's the other element here is Hal's not going to you know make anyone think of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But he has been pretty efficient running the football, and he is in the tight red area, someone who can score it with his feet. He can escape. He is really good at escaping. So it's, it's look, it, you, you just can't rush with re- reckless abandon. And that's another point I need to bring up. So the last couple of weeks, you faced really mobile quarterbacks. So guys like Aaron Donald have to rush with power which means two hands to the chest. They're getting pushed more than pressure. This week, get on an edge, go after it. Go after the guy. Yeah, get to him. If I, he scrambles, so be it. I'll live with the yards. But go after this guy. I'm He's definitely getting upset. sacks. Because yeah. I think there was a lot of complaining, rightly so, about the lack of holding on Aaron Donald, but also the fact that he was getting double and triple teamed. Well, I do want to say that was part of the game plan. That was by design against Baltimore is to drop eight and play coverage. Mm-hmm. And so by sheer math, two, if not three linemen are going to turn to Aaron Donald when he's only one of three rushers, right? True. Okay. Yeah, and see, here's the thing, and you, you've got to call it fair. So if they, you can call holding on Aaron or anybody blocking Aaron almost every play. But if it's iffy, it's going to come back and bite you. Now they're going to start flagging you. So that's why Aaron really doesn't 
overemphasize, hey, you need to call holding because his guys are getting weighted with it too. But expect Aaron, expect this pass rush to turn themselves loose. Light your hair on fire. Go ahead. Don't worry about the scrambles. With Lamar, you have to. This is a little bit different. I would like the bear hugs where there's like two white hands, one on each 99 <laughs> on the back call of his that? lats. Those I would like to see called. They have Personally. to hold the guy, though. I mean, that Personally. comes with the territory. It is what it is. <laughs> hey, when you, the punt return for touchdown. Oh. Okay, so I'm nope, sorry, we got to go to commercial. 40 no yards away. Did you see it from the booth? Did you see it forming? Like, oh my God, this is this is problems? Uh, DeMarco, I've seen it forming since August. I don't I don't mean to be cheeky, but yeah. like, we've known that this is an issue since preseason game number one. We knew it was going to cost the Rams a game at some point in time. It was not a walk-off. Wow. Not a walk-off, but I'll, I'll say two things. One, you're kicking it back to an offense that's one of the best in the league that has a hall of fame kicker that can nail anything from all they needed was three all they needed was one or two first downs now you prevented from them doing that to start the game but when you kick it back to baltimore at that stage of the game you're probably losing anyway Doom, right and then yes i blame the punt coverage unit it's been the worst special teams unit in an otherwise difficult season on teams i'm not hiding from that but what happened before that you dropped a ball over the middle with a chance to get 9, 10, mm-hmm. 12 yards. You took a delay of game penalty that put you back five. So give me those 10 to 15 yards forward. And Ethan Evans is hitting a punt with different trajectory, different angle. You're probably getting a fair catch rather than having the Ravens set up punt return. So to beat not you. all not all on teams. The offense kind of, I got you. They but, deserve more blame than any other. But man, did he take of off operation? going left immediately? Like he knew something was going that on. That was a backup punt return yeah, or crazy. two. Wow. Wow. Okay. Thanks for ruining my Thursday, My bad. <laughs> right when I put the Ravens behind commanders, us. Commanders, Commanders, Commanders. they're next. It's four down territory. We'll check in with the opponent coming to SoFi Stadium after this on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. It's week 15, and the Rams are home for two games at SoFi Stadium, Sunday against the Commanders, Thursday against the Saints. It's time for four down territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. I'm J.B. Long, DeMarco Farr. We'll be back momentarily. But joining us now is a sports director for WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. His name is George Wallace. He covers the Washington football team, now known as the Commanders. And George and I have known each other since way back in the spring when we worked some basketball together in Las Vegas. Good to catch up with you, George. JB, good to hear from you. Thanks for having me, always. Well, when I thought about the Commanders this week, I thought of you, and I figured no one better to give us some perspective on where they are in this final month of their season. Let's start with their bye week, their break, and what they're playing for, if anything, down the stretch. What is the big-picture state of the Washington Commanders? Yeah, you know, I had a chance to talk to the players yesterday, and they they were just thankful to get away, even though it's a really, really late bye. Uh, they were just thankfully get away, especially the way the season has gone. I mean, as you know, it's been uh, not the greatest. And lots of question marks surrounding this team right now. So the question was posed to them yesterday, what are you guys playing for? Uh, and a lot of them said, you know, they don't want to use pride, but they say we're professionals and we're going to finish out the season. Sam Howell told us that there's still a lot to play for. And for me, honestly, JB, it's like right now it's about Sam Howell these last four weeks and how he continues to develop because there's going to be a lot of question marks that need to be answered after this season is over, and he's going to be the, the top one for me. So uh, big picture, looking at these last four weeks, for me it's about Sam Howell because, uh, you know, new coach most likely coming in here, he's going to have to, make, have to make a decision on what direction they're going at quarterback. It's going to be a high draft pick, we know that, and if Sam Howell is going to be the guy, what is your draft plan? So 
that's my big picture looking forward to these last month. He's George Wallace joining us this week on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory here on Rams All Access. Let me follow up then on how. There seems to be a lot of good, but also some cause for concern, whether it's the giveaways or taking too many sacks. If you had to decide right now, without this final four-game sample size, is he worthy of being Washington's starter in 2024? I think, I think he is. I think that he's made a lot of strides this season. To your point about some of the bad, I think a lot of that has to be addressed with the offensive line in the offseason. He has not taken as many sacks as of late. He's getting the ball out quicker. That was a big part of it. As he would be the first to tell you, a lot of the sacks are on him or were on him because he had to learn to get rid of the football quicker. And I think he has started to do that. Yes, three straight games with a pick six is not ideal. That's not something you want. Uh, on your record, but I think he has done enough to earn a chance to possibly be this team's um, starting quarterback. I'm also one of the belief that if you are in the top four of the draft, draft, uh, you know, if the quarter, if a quarterback is there, then I think you have to really consider taking one of the high ones. Sure, but all things being equal, I think Sam Howell does deserve a chance next year to have a shot at being the number, being the quarterback for this team. I'm J.B. Long, DeMarco far back momentarily, but we continue with George Wallace here, who's the sports director at WTOP Radio in Washington, D.C. Two more questions about the commanders. I want to flip to the defensive side of the football, George, and on paper, this looks like the worst defense the Rams will face all season, which is interesting because they just came off matchups against Cleveland and Baltimore, arguably two of the best defenses in the league. You know that Sundays are never this simple. Why isn't it this simple for the Rams offensively against the Commanders this week? Well, I think that you still have to be concerned with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen up front. And a lot changed when they traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat, no doubt about it. But this defense was supposed to be, as you know, JB, supposed to be top five defense in the league coming in. Year four of the system, uh, a lot of promise, a lot of expectation. It just hasn't happened. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes has not panned out from the secondary, but now he's back healthy. He had a couple of weeks off with a shoulder injury. He should be good to go. They did lose Jamin Davis to an injury last week against the Dolphins or before the bye, so he's had surgery. Uh, he is done for the season. So there's not going to be much resistance, I'll be honest with you, but you still always have to be and account for Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne uh, along that defensive line. Um, and as far as the secondary is concerned, if Emmanuel Forbes uh, is a little refreshed and getting back, I mean, he kind of hit that rookie wall. He had some ups and downs. Uh, he could be uh, pose a little bit of a problem in the secondary along with Kendall Fuller. But for me, if I'm the Rams, I'm always concerned where Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen are up front. All right, George Wallace joining us on Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponents' territory. Final question from someone who uh, is looking forward to this game very much, knowing the Rams need to get a win, but also likes and cares about Ron Rivera and thinks uh, he's been good for this sport and, and good for Washington as well. Is he a lame duck at this point? And then part two, as I understand, he's calling the defense now, but there's only one game worth of inventory with Rivera taking over for Jack Del Rio. Is there optimism that he can get his hands dirty, a little bit more involved on that side of the football, and give them some forward momentum going into the offseason? I think to, to, to the second part of the question, I don't know how much can be done right now, JB, honestly. I mean, he, he started calling plays that game, the Dolphins game. They still gave up 45 points. They were, they were big on simplifying things and listening to the players, but I think it's honestly, it's you are what you are right now, and this is not a very good defense, not a very good team. 
Uh, I think the players have welcomed the hands-on approach from Rivera and changed up a little things. It's kind of a little refresh, a little refresh. But I think at this point, I don't know how much can be done. Now, they did have the bye, and he told us that the coaches were here and they were working to get things get things right all around and kind of self he called it a very a, a very good week of self scouting. So we'll see if anything changes uh, come this week. But is he a lame duck? Yes, I think that come January eighth, I think you're going to see sweeping changes inside that building and the football operation. I think that, and I, and don't get me wrong, I think Ron Rivera deserved to finish out the year. I think the firing of Jack Del Rio and Brent Mitchellmeyer that was the move. But I think what Rivera has done, to your point, as far as a very respectful head coach and a respectful person what he's gone through here he was the right person to change the culture here and have to deal with dan snyder and the name change and the harassment and then the guy beats beat cancer so he deserves to be i think honored uh for what he has done these four years and i hope the team does in fact give him a little tribute but i do think that there will be uh, a, a clean cleaning house uh, on january 8th once that final regular season game is done yes all right, we're fortunate to go inside the Beltway. Uh, the Washington Commanders come to SoFi Stadium at 4-9, last in the NFC East, but providing first-place coverage for WTOP. He is George Wallace. George, uh, glad to have an excuse to uh, reach out to you. Wish you well here in the holiday season, and I hope we get to see each other again in 2024. I would look forward to it, JB. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks very much. All right, there he goes. George Wallace from Washington, D.C., that's four down territory, the Commanders and the Rams. This Sunday at SoFi Stadium, we'll have final thoughts from DeMarco Farr after this on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. More meaningful football in December. What could be better? Two games before Christmas that are really going to determine whether or not this Rams playoff push has legs. Back with DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Hope you can join us in person in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium this Sunday or this Thursday, maybe both, if not certainly here on the air 710 ESPN. Uh, DeMarco, you know how badly I want to see the Rams in the postseason. Oh, yes. Uh, I think they can not just get in, but do some damage. Uh, but I also am careful to remind our audience and to remind myself that this time of year is actually as enjoyable, if not more so, than the playoffs. I love this. I, I like this final month more so than the playoffs in terms of how the football is compelling. Uh, since the bye, we said the playoffs have started, basically. That's true. Yeah. And once you get to the playoffs, one half the league is gone, right? Right. And it's pretty cut and dry in terms of you're in a bracket, do or done, win or go home. That's all there is to it. Right now, every game has some kind of tangential implication on the Rams, and most of them impact the Rams' chances like directly. Directly, directly. Like Minnesota going to Cincinnati, no that's yeah. not a playoff game. But does it ever matter to the Rams? Everything matters. Yeah, I like that. Um, I, do you have friends that hunt? Like guys that go out and hunt? Yeah, I game? do, actually. I do. I have some friends that hunt, and 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 the one guy is really extreme. He go he goes to hunt polar bear on like glaciers. And I'm like, <laughs> why? He goes, well, I want to up the ante. We've known each other for eight years, and this is the first time you're mentioning First time it came up, but he goes bears? and he hunts polar bears on glaciers. Like he goes out there, he's on the glacier with the polar bear, like... And if he misses, the polar bear wins. He's going to eat. You know what I mean? So that's what he likes. So I think that's what we like as far as football fans. Uh, Everything sorry. matters. My mind is wandering to the uh, unfortunate state of our planet and how the odds are steadily tilting in your friend's favor in terms of the terrain in which the polar bears can hide. It might. Your right. Friend. Yes. But it's funny, though. Tell, but your, tell your friend to go easy. 
hunt birdies with me on the golf course. That's what he does on glaciers. He shows me pictures. I don't want to see him, but it, it is what it is. But like, I'm like, why would you do that? Because I want to have some danger as well. So this is what I, I agree with you. 100%. Never in a million years did I show up tonight thinking that we'd be talking about glaciers and polar bears, but that <laughs> is the joy of working with DeMarco. Uh, but just like Tommy DeVito in New York, yeah. taking out green Bay on Monday night football, uh, Bengals backup, Jake Browning, go dogs. No, uh, more than just a fun story here. He's become one of the more critical pieces to the Rams puzzle. We'll see if he can help them out by beating the Vikings, who are also going to a new quarterback, benching Dobbs in favor of Mullins. Uh, then on Sunday... That guy again. We can't get rid of Nick Mullins. He just won't go away. He's like luggage. Yeah. Well, as long as he keeps performing like he did this for the 49ers. Maybe he'll go away maybe again. He'll, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Sunday, a showdown of six and seven teams, Tampa Bay traveling to Green Bay. You've kind of been a friend of Baker Mayfield now ever since he came to Los Angeles. You've been steadily rooting for him this season behind the scenes. I kind of like Baker, just not when he's on the field. Yeah? Yeah. I so, love the guy. He would be my, my pick for to be a quarterback, except when he plays. Yeah. We'll see if he can win on the frozen tundra. It would help the Rams out by a factor of about 14 percentage points in their playoff odds. Uh, the Eagles suddenly have lost control of the NFC East. Crazy. By virtue of that head-to-head loss to the Cowboys. So they're a bit desperate going to Seattle. You think their window's closing? The Eagles? Yeah. No, no, no. Are, no, they, no, are, they, no. are they getting old? Because mm, no. I'm starting to look at some of those guys on defense. They're playing a whole lot less than they were at the beginning of their the year. Their defense isn't great. They and their tired. linebackers have been exposed. Yeah, they may be tired. But okay. they're going to still try and finish what the Rams started a month ago Yeah. by taking the Seahawks out. I, Seahawks look, at 6-7 and seven I on still their think last breath. They're, they're one of the best teams in the NFC. They're just not playing like it right now. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, what's that? Three, four games. There's plenty more that yeah. matter to the Rams, even though handling their business is the one and only thing that matters this Sunday against the Washington Commanders. Okay, uh, we are running short on time because I've uh, unfortunately and had a lot bears. of hot air <laughs> and we got derailed by polar bears. Yes. Uh, but I know that you have a proposition that you want to run by our audience with respect to our playoff eliminator well, contest. It, it leads into the Commanders game. And is this our first game against the Commanders? Because I think we had the Washington football team. Correct. Yeah, this is our first Commanders game. But leading into this, and I'm thinking, based on how Kyron Williams has been running and how he ran in Baltimore, you would have to run the football again versus Washington. And I said, if he gets over 25 carries, that would be a new season high for him. So just to take everyone behind the curtain... You know, our boss is asking us for keys to the games, yeah. anticipating our pregame show Sunday. And DeMarco, like, without hesitation, fastest text message you've ever hit back with. What was it 25-plus carries for Kyron? 25-plus. And I love that. Yeah. He's, uh, I think, 10 yards shy of 1,000 from scrimmage. Correct. I think he's on track for a Pro Bowl. Uh, yada, yada, yada. But that had me rolling <laughs> because I literally said, DeMarco, this might be the most ill-equipped pass defense, statistically, on paper, I've ever seen. And the way that Stafford and the Rams and McVay are going right now, they're going to try and throw it to the moon. To the moon is what you said. Is that, that's what I said. <laughs> to the moon, right. The only way he gets 25 handoffs is if they go up 31-0. Which could po- possibly happen. And then I think 25 go to Royce Freeman rather than Kyron. So you said if Kyron Williams gets over 25 carries, carries. You, will, you will do what? Not touches, carries. I said when we... <laughs> <laughs> you will do what? Go ahead. On this show before week 18... When we get to our playoff eliminator contest, I will pick the San Francisco 49ers. Which means I win. So on his <laughs> no, 26 carry, no, it doesn't. I win. No, it doesn't. Why? The Niners who have already clinched a playoff spot for what it's worth. Yes. So it's counterintuitive. But because you picked the Dallas Cowboys before we went to Dallas, which was 
the, the, the intentional fortitude was very impressive. It didn't right. pay off for you. Yes. I gave you a mulligan. I let you hit eject on the Cowboys. So I said, for the spirit of the show, I will take the 49ers and give some of that bravado you back to you. You didn't tell me about the But mulligan. I will immediately yeah. retract it by virtue of the mulligan so that I still win this I game. I need a ruling. Can he take the Niners and a mulligan on the same week? Uh, see, wait a minute now. Hold on. It over. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like, 98% of our audience has no idea what we're talking about at yeah, this yeah. point. They don't even understand the game. But I'm sorry we're out of time. We don't even have a chance to Oh, my to God. Okay. It. So, unless you want to make a pick, we'll just have no, to no. invite everyone to come I want you to pick week. San Fran. It's it going to happen. It was good for a bit. No <laughs> picks. The point of the matter is, I'm leading the game, and DeMarco has no way out of this box. None. Unless... Uh, Kyron gets 26 carries. Unless Kyron gets <laughs> 26 on. carries. Uh, to hear those keys to the game, I guess you'll just have to join us at SoFi Stadium on Sunday. Commanders and the Rams at one. And don't forget a quick turn for the home finale against the New Orleans Saints on Thursday Night Football. For DeMarco Farr, for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm JB Long. Glad you're with us every Thursday night for Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.